anger can, anger can lead to trouble. And I think that's really probably more accurate. We are still, for those of you that are familiar with our study in evenings and those of you that are not, we've been in the book of Proverbs uh, for a while and we'll continue to be in there for a while. And as we look at it topically, we are considering the application and we're really in the first practical area of application of wisdom and that is in our personal lives. Uh, applying the Proverbs and applying the Scriptures in a practical way in our personal lives. And we move into a new area tonight, beginning tonight, and I would say that it is an area that in my observation, and I think it's true uh, as we see the world we live in, it is an area that has resulted in a number of professional careers. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, it's resulted in therapists coming into this area. It's resulted in psychologists and their positions, and it's resulted in even in the medical field with uh, medical doctorates. It's also an area that in some of the larger companies that they have designated divisions, maybe divisions is a little bit too broad a term, but certainly uh, smaller committees or smaller professionals to deal with the concept of anger management. And we hear of that all the way through elementary, high school, college, and so on. But this area of anger has resulted in a lot of people actually having their professions, if you will, and I'm not so sure how many of those professions really uh, are legitimate in their understanding of God's perspective on things, but nevertheless, that's what we have. Also, I would say that it's something that we all deal with. Now, you may have a very calm personality. You may have something that it's very difficult for you to get upset about things, and yet, regardless of our personality, regardless of our age, regardless of geographically where we are living, or social status, anger is something, once you understand it, it is something that everybody deals with, and everybody has to deal with. And we certainly want to see the biblical perspective on it. Certainly to begin with, I think it's best to go on, when you have a term that you're going to study, to go to a definition of what anger is. And I think, I know as I studied it and went a little bit closer with some of the research, it helped me to better understand anger. First of all, if you go to an English dictionary, you'd find that it is a strong feeling of displeasure. Anger is a strong feeling of displeasure, defined also as rage, indignation, wrath. In fact, so you're aware of it, in Scripture, anger and wrath are very closely tied. There are a couple of different Greek words and Hebrew words, but basically you'll see that they are tied even with that English definition. It doesn't stop there, though. Anger is also an aggression, uh, excuse me, an agitation of feelings. 
an agitation of feelings. Now, what in the world does that mean? Well, it puts it this way in a number of sources. It can be an outburst. That's one way that anger is expressed, in an outburst. Probably the most frequent one that we observe and the easiest one for us to address. But it's not the only one. Anger is also a strong feeling of displeasure, displeasure that agitates our feelings. And listen, this is interesting. This wasn't my definition. It's what I found. But it's in relationship to what we just studied. Agitation of feelings can be a condition of the mind. Anger truly understood, I believe, by its own definition and also biblically. I'll refer to one source in a minute. That's the idea behind it. It may not just be an outburst. That's one. You can be quiet and appear calm on the outside and still be very angry inside and have anger of the mind. It's defined this way in another place. An abiding state of viewing how you can take revenge. An abiding state. In other words, you don't even take any action, but anger being defined is that feeling that inside you are just so agitated about something that you want to strike out at someone or something. That is anger. As much as the person who turns around, closes their fist, and knocks the guy out. That may be an outburst of anger, but some ways, the one that is more devastating, I think, is the one where we're really agitated inside, we're really bursting, and we don't let it out at first. One of the ones I'll refer to in looking at the definitions, because it's a simple one, that you probably use, many of you as sources, was vines. In looking at the different words and so forth, vines define anger in its use this way, and I quote, the strongest of all passions. Vines looks at it as anger, when it's used in scripture, is that passion that we have inside that is agitated. We all know it. It appears, for example, when someone says something wrong to us. All somebody has to do is say something wrong, and whether we turn around and slug them, that's one form. Partly what happens, especially, I, sh I said something wrong, but if, if someone comes to us and says something wrong inside, we get angry, and we think that that's not sin. can be. probably is. We also know it when someone corrects us. We think of parents and children often, that when correcting a child, they get agitated, their face changes, they get upset, they don't like to be corrected. But how about us as adults or as believers? When the Word of God, never mind someone else coming to us, the Word of God brings conviction. Or somebody comes to us and addresses something in our life. Oftentimes we get angry. 
when we see somebody do something wrong. That frequently happens in the media, frequently happens in our society, and when we see somebody mistreat somebody, such as when we hear of a baby, as I just heard tonight, being left in a bag outside in a field, I don't know about you, but I get angry inside when I hear something like that. So when we hear of something, or we hear of somebody taking advantage of somebody else, such as the example even in scripture with David, when we see that uh, when David had committed sin, he got angry over somebody else because they had taken advantage and didn't even see it in himself. Uh, we can, it's by what we see, by what we hear. So I think it's something we all experience, and I, I don't think really need th to think that. It is true, if we look in Scripture, we all have a tendency to get angry, whether it be that agitation that comes out in an outburst, or whether it be that deep feeling that's inside of us. Now, since we are going to be addressing it primarily in the book of Proverbs, and we are going to be addressing a number of things, and I will end up dealing with a lot of negative things on it, and by the time we're done with the area of anger, I hope to address some very positive things. But before we do that, I think it's absolutely necessary, and that's why I said can be, to understand that not all anger is sin. We think it is. It is not. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. And I think we need to at least touch base on this. And I want to give you some examples. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Be angry and yet do not sin is what the scriptures say there in verse 26, quoting from the psalm. And do not let the sun go down on your anger. And then it says, and do not give an opportunity to do the devilly opportunity. And I think that's all kind of going together. But we certainly see in scripture that there can be an anger, and that anger can be justified. That anger can be without having sin. Now, how is that so? Before we look at some biblical examples. Well, since the whole study isn't going to go in that direction, I just want to mention a few things that is obvious in Scripture. Anger can be justified if, conditional clause, and only if, number one, it is unselfish. Grab that one. Because most of the time, when we talk about righteous indignation as individuals, I'm not talking about God, we talk about righteous indignation on our part, most of the time, it's still directed selfishly. It's because of what's happened to us. It's because of what I think. It's because of me. That is wrong anger. Righteous anger Justifiable anger is, number one, unselfish. Number two, it is obviously totally righteous. What does that mean? It is based upon God's character, not what we think. Remember this morning? 
man has an image of God and makes him look one way. No. It's on his character the way he really is. It's on his standards, not ours. But God's standards, that is a right anger. It is, to try to define it a little further, an anger that is not sin is an anger that is against evil, real evil, not imagined evil, real evil. It is against ungodliness, it refers to that in Scripture. That's what God's wrath is poured out against, in fact, in Romans. It is ungodliness, that which is not toward God. It is against injustice. It is against immorality. That is the type of anger when we are angered because God and his character are affected by it, because God's name is affected by it, because God's standards are affected by it, and it's got nothing to do with us. When that is the case, then anger is justified and that anger is not sin. I believe it's illustrated in scripture so that we at least address this. First of all, who's the obvious one that had anger and didn't sin? Anybody? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Where? Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew 21. Just a couple of examples. Matthew 21 and verse 12. And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and seats of those who were selling doves. And then he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a robber's den. Say, I don't see the word anger there. There is an outburst in which the tables were thrown over. That is absolutely an outburst. It is absolutely an outburst. And you would say, well, it's again, really not anger. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 3. That's the second instance of it. Mark chapter 3. in case you think that I'm misusing it. Mark chapter 3, verse 5. After looking around at them, what's the next two words? With anger. Was he angry when he flipped over those tables? Absolutely. And it says right here, he looked around them with anger. Grieved, what? At the hardness of their heart. And this is a situation over the Sabbath and healing in the context. And he looked at them, and he was disgusted at their hearts, and how they were, and you know the religious leaders of his day, over and over, they were legalist to the nth degree. And they could pick everything apart and never saw the hand of God. And that's what the Lord was angry at. And in the other incident, we see, and I'm not gonna compare it, same one, but if you were to look at John, you see the same account of him turning over the tables. His anger was there. Why? He wasn't angry for himself. 
He was angry for God. He was angry for the things of God. And he saw the wickedness, obviously, that was going on in their hearts. Come with me to an Old Testament, a couple of Old Testament examples. Go with me to Genesis chapter 31. And I, re I want you to see these examples because we talk about righteous anger. And I have a right to be angry. Why are you angry? Why am I angry? Is it really because of God and his name? Is it really because of his standards? I didn't take the time because I don't want to get bogged down in it. But it's interesting to see how many times the Pharisees and Sadducees were angry with people and angry with circumstances, thinking they were doing what was right. And God showed that they were wrong. Those weren't God's standards at all. And that's why I picked out the one with the Lord Jesus Christ. He was angry because of the hypocrisy of their heart. You see, sometimes it's going on inside. But he had a righteous anger. That is a proper type of anger. Jacob is an example. Genesis 31 and verse 36. Genesis 31 and 36. Then Jacob, it says, became angry and contended with Laban. And Jacob said to Laban, What is my transgression? What is my sin? Now, I said unselfish, but this was dealing with sin that you have hotly pursued me. His anger was over Laban coming after him. And if you know the story, by the way, Laban mistreated him, changes his wages, and now he's coming after him because Jacob's gone away with his children, his own children, and his wives, and, and rightly so. And he says, his anger is with, I have not done anything wrong. And uh, he had an anger that was justified. He didn't have a transgression. I think another example is Moses, certainly, clearly. Go to Exodus chapter 32. Exodus 32. <clears throat> and again, the reason I address this, I anticipated that a number of you might rightly ask, what about the anger that's not sin? Uh, Two things with Moses, Exodus 32, verse 19, I believe is what I want. And it came about, as soon as Moses came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, and what? Moses' anger burned. And then what? Number one, he had it inside and then outside. He threw the tables from his hands, the, t the tablet, excuse me, and shattered them at the foot of the mountain. And then you know the rest of the story. Um, and Aaron even said, don't let your angry uh, of my Lord burn. That you see over and over, it was angry. Is this justified? Absolutely. Why? The people were in sin. The people, he was jealous over the things of God. And they were told to wait. And he was coming down with what we know as the Ten Commandments and the directions from God. And here the people are involved in idolatry. The Lord's name and Moses burst out. Go to Numbers 16. One more with Moses. And then I'll give you one last one. Numbers 16. Just some illustrations from Scripture. In Numbers 16 and verse 15. Verse 15. 
Then Moses, this is an interesting one, became very angry and said to the Lord, do not regard their offering. I have not taken a single donkey from them, nor have I done harm to any of them. This is the sons of Korah, and they get punished, as you know, by God. There is a place that, for anger and a right anger. One last example, I might as well turn to it. Nehemiah, let's go there. They had from the Old Testament. Nehemiah chapter 13. Mentioned in two, two verses there. Nehemiah 13, verse 17. In verse 17, then we'll look at verse 25. Then I reprimanded. You say, and it's not anger. Yes, it is. The nobles of Judah and said to them, what is this evil thing that you are doing? What was the problem? By profaning the Sabbath day. And go down to verse 25. In verse 25, as for the children, half spoke in the language of Ashdod, and that's part of the problem that was there, and none of them were able to speak the language of Judah, but the language of his own people. Verse 24, then verse 25, so I contended with them, and cursed them, and struck some of them, and pulled out their hair, is he angry? I think so. Looks it to me. And made them swear by God, you should not give your daughters to their sons, nor take their daughters for your sons or yourselves. Angry? Absolutely. Justified? I believe so, according to the context. So, what are we saying? There is an anger, when we, as we begin to address this topic, there is an anger that can be had that is justified and an anger for the things of God, and an anger for righteousness, but we need to be very careful is the warning that I'm giving us. We need to be careful that it really is because of the Lord, and we don't quickly justify ourselves, because sinful anger can come in rapidly. Now, let's deal with the other side of it for a few minutes tonight. Let's go back to where we started, Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. Oftentimes, we get angry because we have seen what others have done. Or as I said, sometimes what people say to us. Uh, we get angry because things didn't go right the way we anticipated. And uh, probably the um, most obvious uh, practical situation that I see uh, frequently is refereeing a game and how people get angry no matter what you call. And uh, probably you've watched TV sets and thrown things at the TV uh, over sporting events or whatever. But that, that's the type of anger that is wrong and can happen so quickly. We recognize it. But according to Proverbs 29, we begin, <coughs> sinful anger now. We're not dealing with justified anger. I just addressed that. 29.22, an angry man stirs up strife. And then it says, a hot-tempered man abounds in transgression. When we are angry, we will stir up divisions. We will stir up problems. When we are hot-tempered, and that is an angry man, that is the proverb there. Both is dealing with the same thing. It abounds. It's not a limited transgression. 
many sins or much sin, if you will, is caused by an angry man. When we are angry, we will cause sin to happen. We will cause divisions to happen. It is the sign of a fool. Go with me to chapter 29, verse 11. 29, 11 of Proverbs. A fool always loses his temper, it says there. Actually, it, it's dealing with the idea of sending it coming from within. It's within the spirit of the man, and it's, and it's sending it forth uh, from the individual. And he always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. So a fool is a one, is a person that loses his temper. And we say again, yeah, that's pretty obvious to see when someone's pulling out someone's hair, someone's hitting somebody, when someone's striking somebody. But a fool also here loses his temper even inside that can happen. 27 verse 3. 27 verse 3 of Proverbs. 27 verse 3. Stone is heavy, sand, sand is weighty, but the provocation of a fool is heavier than both. That's dealing with anger. How do we know that? Look at verse 4. Wrath is fierce. Anger is a flood. But who can stand before jealousy? And it's tied in with that. I'll come back to that at another point in uh, part of my topical study here with anger. But you see, it's, it's heavier than both. It is a fool that comes out with that. I'm coming right back to Proverbs, but would you go to Ecclesiastes just for one minute? It's not that far away. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Interesting verse on this. In chapter 7, verse 9. Do not be eager in your heart. That's internal. We just studied the heart and mind. Do not be eager in your heart to be anger. Why? For anger resides inside of a fool. We are foolish when we get angry. I get angry. I've been ang had anger. And you sometimes see that outwardly with somebody who's got a personality like me. Others who are quiet, you don't see it. But it sits inside. And they are hasty, hasty to judge. Hasty to react to people. Hasty to just uh, turn inside. And as we went back to that definition, turn with actually to this point of wrath in their heart and mind. But that's a sign of a fool. That's a sign of a fool. So sinful anger will result in a lot of sin. It will be the sign of a fool. Now, I want you to listen carefully to the next two because I'm going to close with these tonight as far as sinful anger. Anger, we looked at turning over tables. We looked at a righteous anger when someone pulled the hair of somebody else. That's pretty obvious anger. <clears throat> I mentioned when we went back to the definition that it can be that outburst, and that is probably the most common way we see it. Maybe. Why? Turn with me to Proverbs 25. 
Proverbs 25. The north, uh, verse 23, sorry, got to give you the verse. 23. The north wind brings forth rain. May I add, or snow? <laughs> we just saw some of that. Watch. And a backbiting tongue, you say, okay, that's outward, Pastor Dan, right? Yeah. Backbiting tongue, someone who has a tongue that goes behind in secrecy. Why? In an angry countenance. In an angry countenance. What is that? What are you trying to say, Pastor Dan? Sinful anger may be an outburst, but oftentimes, you know where anger exists? Right here. In our looks. In the way we are seen by others. People know when you're angry. Your face turns red. Your lips go down. Your eyes go like this. The knives come out. And then we walk away like we've done nothing. That's just as bad as the person with the outburst. We, again, we talk about anger in our personal lives, and we're going to be looking at how to avoid that anger. Again, look at the definition. Yeah, it can be an outburst, but it can be that mind. It can be that heart that is set, and sometimes merely expressed by its looks. All of us who have raised children know what that's like. We know when our parents are looking at us and we say, uh-oh, I'm in trouble, right? By looks. Isn't it sad that even as believers in Christ, sometimes we don't want to think of ourselves as angry people, and yet how many times, a little contrast here, have I tried to share with the congregation, we should be the joyous people of all, and we should be happy, we should be on the outside, but you look around, there's a lot of moping Christians. There's a lot of Christians that are angry at everything. Angry with the world, angry with their conditions. When we see that out in the world, we shouldn't see it with a believer. And yet, you could talk to that person, I'm not angry. No, you're also a liar. Okay, let's go to chapter 10 of Proverbs. Chapter 10. This is a tough one. Verse 11. The mouth of the right. And you notice the connection to the mouth. It's held back in secrecy is what it was saying there in the passage of the north wind. Again, associated with the tongue, with what we say. Our tongue can be so destructive. But also notice this. Verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Let me stop there just for a moment so we have some positive tonight when you're going away. Not just on the righteous anger that we can have when we are jealous for the things of God and when we want to see God's name protected. That's a good thing. But also, let's see the other part of this contrast, that our lips, isn't that pretty uh, consistent with what <coughs> we talked about when we talked about our tongue? 
earlier, that our tongue should be used for the moment to encourage people, to build people up, to help people. Well, it says in verse 11, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Let me ask myself, let me ask you, is our mouth, is our tongue, are our words, is our mouth a fountain of life that speaks in a way, that builds up, that encourages, that produces that? Let's look at the contrast now. But the mouth of the wicked, of the wicked, of the wicked. Now notice the next word. He conceals it. Conceals what? His violence, his anger, his wrath. You see? It is pretty obvious when someone has the outburst. It's not, maybe a little more obvious when the face is red and the fists are getting tighter and you can see it. But it's even more devastating, folks, when it's concealed in the heart. And we look good on the outside, and yet we are absolutely hating our brother, hating our sister, hating, and the anger that comes out that follows with that. And that is sinful, is what I want us to say. That is the sign of a fool. That is the sign of a person that's going to be led down the path of much transgression. So sinful anger can be in an outburst. It is the sign of a fool, but it also can be in our looks. It also can be in the in, uh, on the inside. And what causes anger? I didn't think we'd get that far, but let me address the first one tonight. I got a number of things on this. What is it that causes us to be angry in a wrong way? Let me just give you the first tonight. Jealousy. When we are jealous. Jealous of what other people do. And let me make it very practical. It's one of the areas of quote unquote Christian liberty. When I see another brother or sister who truly has the liberty to do something and I am jealous over that when I say that that is really not the reason. That is the book of Romans dealing with that passage. That is Corinthians when it is dealing with that area. Let's turn and see if that isn't so. Proverbs 6, 34. 6, 34. says in verse 34, I'm going to give you the literal translation here, I believe, as best I can. For jealousy is the rage. We just do it in one English word, enrages. Is the rage of a man. And he will not spare in the day of his vengeance. What is it that causes rage? What is it that causes us to go down that path of anger? It is jealousy happens with siblings, happens with adults, when people achieve. What happens when you see someone else get a promotion? Let's start with the adults, and you think you should have had it. Or someone else gets recognized, and you didn't get recognized. Or someone succeeds, and you didn't succeed. Sometimes it's a tendency to be jealous and what it results in is that inner mind and heart 
that turns and anger and leads to the tongue and leads to the actions and leads to the expressions and leads to the anger that comes out. Chapter 27 of Proverbs. Chapter 27. Verses 3 and 4. A stone is heavy and the sand is weighty. We just saw this. But the provocation of a fool is heavier than them both. Wrath is fierce and anger is a flood. But who can stand before jealousy? It's heavy stuff. And it's weighty. And anger is there. Fierce anger. It's like a flood that comes on. In contrast to that, who stands before jealousy, that is what actually provokes it. It is jealousy in individuals. We'll stop here tonight. What I want you to go away with on a positive thing is anger can be right. We can have anger if it's justified carefully, but we are not to be involved in sin. What we want to do is get that sinful anger out of our life. What type of sinful anger? That outrage that may be an outburst but also that which may be sitting inside, turning, looking for revenge, looking to get back, looking to burst out when it never did, hiding it, deceiving, and going down the path of a fool that will lead to a lot of sin. My God help us to avoid that. And we'll look at some other things. Why? So that we don't have these in our lives with sin, and so we see how we can prevent it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you and praise you for your word. And Lord, it is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I know in this room there are some of us who have a strong personality. And Father, we know that anger can be stirred up in our life very easily. And I pray that you'd help us to turn that over to you and to not have sinful anger in our lives. But I pray also for those in our midst who maybe even because of personality, even because of their own uh, makeup, are such that they don't have the appearance of outbursts, but yet inside, through expressions of even the face, through the heart, oftentimes have these outbursts internally of being jealous, of being angry at others, of misusing the concept of righteous anger. And I pray for them as well and ask, Lord, that you'd help us all not to be as fools and to be angry and to go down the path of much sin, but, Father, to turn that area of our lives over to you, that you might have your will and your way in our life, that we might not seek vengeance, but we might leave that with the Lord. We might not be jealous, but that, Father, we might rejoice with those who do rejoice. And that, Father, we might examine, when words hurt us, that we might examine our own motives. And that, Father, we might turn things over to you so that, Father, we don't commit sin. Thank you for this time together tonight. We pray as we continue this study on anger that you would guide us and direct us and use it to help us to be people that you would have us to be pleasing in your sight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.